It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down An American loser the day I was born Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of American Loser. It is the podcast that puts the spotlight firmly on second place. My name's KP Burke. I am a comedian from New Jersey, sort of, part-time. You are? You know, two, three days a week, maybe. I don't know. We're trying to get back into it, man. Where uh, else could we be to record this very uh, podcast then? A Shared Universe podcast studio in Eatontown, New Jersey. Mike and Ming take great care of us, as always. Behind the ones and twos, you already heard his voice. You know who he is. <laughs> All right? It's uh, the big cat's in the building. The kahuna is here with us. So What's up, man? I'm good. I'm good. Friggin' just been working and can't really complain. It's always good to be here. It is good to be here. And you got the new setup and everything because apparently uh, you know, some of the old equipment got uh, tossed out. There's new toys in the building, so that's kind of cool. New toys. You're slowly becoming uh, Jamie from the Joe Rogan experience. So that's what I kind of <laughs> dig about this. I'm not mad at this. No. <laughs> I like this. Bring that shit up, Jamie. It's uh, And uh, I'll tell you what. We do not have uh, – Lawrence Patrick is back in New Jersey. Okay, He will be on uh, the Patreon episode. So if you are a Patreon member, we're a member. Just for five bucks a month, that's the cost of one cold brew from Dunkin' Donuts. It's you worth can help it, people. Support this show, baby. Help me out. Help us keep the the Kahuna's pockets full and overflowing with cash. All right. He has a family to take care of, folks. He doesn't talk about them on air. Yeah, I've got three puppets I need to feed. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's half the battle, though, man. But uh, go ahead and join us over there on the Patreon. So uh, this month's episode, as you know, if you're a men- uh, Patreon member already, we're going to be covering. The facts versus the legends behind a guy by the name of Doc Holliday. So uh, it's going to be a damn good one. LP will be making his triumphant return on that one. He's going to go back down to uh, Florida eventually, but my sister has to have her formal wedding because she wants to make sure everyone gets a chance to give COVID to our loved ones one last time before the end of the pandemic. That sister's being- <laughs> great. And then she's back in San Quentin, right? Uh, essentially, safe. yeah. It's, um, yeah, first bride in a jumpsuit. That'll okay. be kind of a thing there. But I no. do. The, the wedding car that drives away is actually a prison van. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much like uh, um, the Johnny Sack wedding from the final season of The Sopranos. Yeah. So it's gonna, a lot of crying, stuff like that. But no, LP's back in Jersey. We are going to do some content before he leaves. But uh, in order to get this episode out today, we had to bring in a buddy of mine. Okay. And this guy's known me a long ass time. And poor, I would say this poor son of a bitch. I would say what is it accurately? It's thirteen years. At thirteen this point. years yeah, ago. Thirteen yeah. years. So thirteen years ago today, me and this dude are walking around a place called Great Lakes uh, mm-hmm. in <laughs> Illinois. Great well, mistakes. Yeah, great mistakes. They called it Naval Recruit Training Center uh, under uh, the, the tutelage of the great uh, Chief Craig Plummer. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, and Petty Officer First Class uh, Harlow, and was Leah second class? I can't remember, but uh, I, I do know that uh, I'm still friends with all of them on social media to this day. And uh, two of them listen to the show. So get it together, Petty Officer Lee. All right. You know what we're talking about? Yeah, we, we get it. You take pictures, Petty <laughs> Officer Lee. <laughs> so in that uh, 
now that we've said it, man, we already know what the relationship is. I haven't even said your name yet, buddy. From the Ginger News Network. <laughs> All right. A very hilarious project that I'm very happy this guy has launched because uh, you're a funny ass dude, buddy. My pal, Davey Bohan and Davey Bo, as he's known in the streets. Hi. Uh, yes. Yes. Davey Bo is what I am known in the streets. Uh, <laughs> glad to be here. Thank you for having me. No, I'm stoked, man. So you're coming out. You're going to come hang with us tonight, too. Um, I'm going to be over at Uncle Vinny's with my pal, Mike Cannon. So you're going to come hang out on that one. I hadn't seen you in person in a minute. You came out when again at Uncle Vinny's when we got to hang um, and you had the it was great because you got to sit there and say, oh, I'm coming out to support my Navy buddy. And then I guess I'll also casually see Joey Diaz. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, it was a hard sell with you, but then you had it. You had a Joey. And yeah, no, we were definitely there. That's actually the first day I wore the shirt that I I wear as the anchor on Ginger News Network. R real quick, in like 30 seconds or less, explain to people what Ginger News Network is. Nonsense. Oh my God, this is actually a real thing. Yes, yes like, it is a real thing. You have been yes. joking for like it's five a, minutes. It's GNN, baby. So, oh uh, no, God. no, we cannot say it's not GNN. <laughs> it is not GNN. That is, there is an actual news company called GNN, and it is completely different than the Ginger News Network. If you haven't figured it out, Davey has red hair. I have red hair. Uh, yes, and a lot of it you all over. Bill um, shame. Yeah, I look, I look like, a human version of an orangutan just if if yeah um but yeah no so uh ginger news network fun to describe it it's just it's it's fake news it's not even real news uh it's just if you're if you're a red out redhead out there listening you know how awkward it is to be us that's the show for anyone who's not a redhead you just got to suffer along like with everybody else. I, I can't a, really. We're not a political show. We're not a political no, show. No, no, no. Like I, um, Gingers are I'm, politics. I'm not, <laughs> my God. The sad part is, is Davey Bo is now a caricature of, of who I am. But on the show, he's just oblivious. So it's just it's a, a reverent, a reverent uh, humor that I find funny. And where can they find you on there? Because You can find me on uh, at on Instagram at ginger dot news dot network. Um, and you can also follow me on uh, YouTube at Ginger News Network. Hell yeah, dude. Um, we are the fairest name in news. Ugh. Ugh. Did that one hurt you? Did that one hurt you, Kahuna? I want to kick him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. See? All right. That's no, the show. you're not allowed to talk anymore. It's KP, <laughs> it's our show. Yeah, go ahead and cut his <laughs> mic after that one, buddy. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Dave and I met each other. So in boot camp, it's a very weird thing because they have you walking around uh, at times like with no shirts on. You got to take uh, the group showers. You all have to fuck each other. It's like weird in the military. But um, you were very gentle. That's <laughs> but we were both in the, the Navy together, uh, you know, boot camp. Uh, it, it was an interesting thing. But so you see a, a dude with um, – because they shave everybody's head. But beforehand, you get to see what everybody looks like. So I showed up. I didn't really have long hair when I got my hair cut. Um, and I don't think you did either. No, no, no. I've never had long hair. Yeah, until now. You actually got it's got a, a, a nice foppish uh, a mane of red hair. Very uh, wildling, Game of Thrones looking. It's good. Um, but as we're sitting there walking around, I remember having this memory where I just see you with all these Irish tattoos on you, and you had the shaved head, and it's clearly you're a redhead. And then I got the shaved head now, and then I got my dumb Irish tattoos. I was like, all right, this guy's probably okay. Then I'm sitting there, and I was like, where are you from, dude? And I, I, you just said, uh, you said Philly. And then I just said, I was like, oh, shit, I'm from Jersey. So it's, okay, East Coast guys, we kind of click with each other. Is that fair to say? That's fair. Yeah. It's because you understand, it's, people get excited when you find someone else from New Jersey on a vacation. It's very weird. But that being said, you're a bit of a, a, a Philly history connoisseur uh, in a sense that you know some of the story. You're also maybe like a secondhand witness, we would say? Uh, in some, some cases, yeah. Uh, it depends on, again, it depends on... How we go about it. Um, so 
my my family is intertwined in Philadelphia history and in the, the funniest ways. <laughs> like I have a um, just long story short, I have a grandfather whose nickname was Muscles and his nickname mm-hmm. was Muscles because he was tiny and he uh, he ran. Um, he was a, an elevator operator in City Hall to the point where like he did everything. He even married people in City Hall. So there's some marriages out there. <laughs> Um, that yes, Muscles O'Donnell may have uh, made. So um, some people might be illegitimate uh, kids at this point. But no. Um, but yeah, like my, my mom and dad both met in the same neighborhood. And um, my dad's a former bar owner. So he's met a lot of interesting people. And my grandfather. They is, know everybody. That seems yeah, to be it. And my grandfather uh, was a union contractor his whole life. So. Um, you picking up yeah. on some of the vibes here, Cajones? Yeah. That it's. These are plugged in folks down in Philly. Maybe they know some people. And I've never seen anything. (laughs) I'm just going off of what other people say. So. Oh, yeah. Well, it's um, I'll tell you what. We're going to slowly reveal this one. I'm going to set you up for success because you have some great stories like legit shit that, you know, or stories that were told to you. Or you can also tell me about the neighborhood and give me the vibe because Philly's a fascinating town. Well, Philly's a bunch of um, little neighborhoods made into one big city. Um, I grew up in southwest Philly and my the, my experience of Philly is completely different from somebody in just South Philly, which is the closest. And you want to get even further to the far nor- northeast, like it, it, it doesn't make sense how one city has all these little neighborhoods and just three blocks difference makes a complete, you know, difference in the way you grew up. No, I get that. Uh, I compare it to Jacksonville sometimes because it's different parts of town for whatever drug you're on. Um, so there's, <laughs> there's the crack section, there's the meth section, there's yeah. heroin town, you know. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, we do have the the number one heroin spot in the country, if anyone's looking. On streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> that one's about AIDS. <laughs> I like to think they all are. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to get into the topic here on this one. Uh, I'm loving this. I'm, I'm, I had to do some deep dives on this. Was I, that I, a McDonald's pun because his last name sounds like McDonald's? <laughs> Was that it? Was it? A, no, it was not. It better not have been. <laughs> I'm like on the lookout for bad jokes now. This is horrible. No, sir. You're good to go on that one. I'm actually excited. I wrote uh, I, I did heavy research on this. This one was difficult to tie down on some stuff because you have to go through that. The theme's going to be true crime for today. All right. And in order to get the real stuff, you either have to go to the legit newspaper articles as it happened, or you have to go off of some of these people who are like uh, freelance journalists that are just trying to do this as like a hobby or something. So it's very interesting. So Davey Bo is actually going to be serving uh, the Ginger News Network is going to keep us accountable today, Cahoons. All right. That they are going to make sure that we're actually putting out correct information here. So to start off. Uh, growing up as the son of a mother who is a diehard Bee Gees fan, it would give me an appreciation my entire life for lyrics and songwriting. So good lyrics give you something to unpack and can create a deeper meaning for a song. There are a few songs in my memory with a strangely more beautiful line, though, than Bruce Springsteen's Atlantic City, which begins with, do you know the opening line of Atlantic City, Cones? I don't. Okay I don't think I actually don't. know this it's song. one of the great lines. Um, well, they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. Now they blew up his house, too. All right. Now, what the hell does that mean to people who grew up in the New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia area? It was pretty clear cut what they, he was talking about. But some people out in Kansas who are into Springsteen because he you know, has some country roots to him are sitting like, I guess the, I guess they, they're just there's a giant chicken that's coming out there. It's like Peter Griffin versus the chicken, I guess, is what Springsteen's talking about. What here. is Colonel Sanders doing in Philly and why does he have a house? There? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that Jersey devil they talking about all the time. Ooh, I like that. I, that's, that one's an even interesting, uh, more interesting thing. That should be a name for one of the guys moving forward here. 
Think of your casting couch. There's going to be four major characters that we have to reveal today. Four players? Four major characters. Okay. So the chicken man was not a chicken chain selling wings, but certainly had some shady underbelly akin to uh, a little bit of the Los Poyos Hermanos from Breaking Bad to go with a tie in there. Not the first Breaking Bad reference we're going to make today. Um, Oh, God. This uh, chicken man's name was Philip Testa. And you know it's a good story if he ends up on American Loser. So this is Philip the Chicken Man Testa. So, born in Philly in 1924 to Sicilian immigrant parents. I have found some weird inconsistencies with the place of his birth, by the way. Okay? You're, you're, correct me already. Jump in on this because yeah, I had some people saying Philly. Some, some people, people saying, saying Sicily. That yeah. he was actually – he came from Sicily to the United States. I actually just read that on the way in. It was um, – uh, some people say Mistretta, uh, Sicily. I had to find out how to pronounce that from Uncle Pauly. I had to call him up. <laughs> <laughs> he says he never went there specifically, but he went around the area. So, that's my Italian uncle that married into the family. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is crazy because this is what I love about losers that we find people and we're like, so wait a minute, what, what the, how old is this guy? What the fuck was his name? He, d- people lie all the time. That's what happens. And it's hard to keep good, accurate results on people that you don't know are going to be important. He's one of those guys who looks like he was forever, like middle-aged, like he never <laughs> looked young at any point in his life. He's the only person in like one of the few people in the mafia who were allowed to have mustaches. Uh, yeah. As a, like a weird fact, like he, if he played for the New York Yankees, he would be, uh, you know, he would be the only okay, one with facial hair. Shave those damn yeah. sideburns. Oh, yeah, no, the Yankees are allowed. <laughs> Mustaches, sorry. Well, he's a, an interesting guy here, man. So just for the average person who doesn't know who we're talking about yet, um, some people, like we said, have him born being Philly. Other sources have him being from Sicily and then immigrating with his parents via New York City, then heading to South Philly. So South Philly, big Italian presence in that neighborhood, right? South Philly's... All right, so South Philly's interesting. That gets into the whole neighborhood thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can break Philadelphia down. Um, pe- some people today that aren't necessarily from the city that moved in later, they, they'll say I'm wrong. But Philadelphia was broken down into uh, South Philadelphia, Southwest Philadelphia, where I'm from, West Philly, Northeast, North, and Center City. And Will Smithtown. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> West Philadelphia. Funny thing is, the school that 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 uh, French Prince Bel Air is is not in West Philly, uh, where the opening credits are. Sorry, sidebar. <laughs> um, but no. Uh, but so yeah, like Philly is broken down in the six major areas, and then South Philly has its own little neighbor neighborhoods. My family is from the Grace Ferry section of South Philly. Well, some of my family is, and another side is from what used to be called the Devil's Pocket. Now it's called Graduate Hospital. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, yeah, it went. I mean. There's yeah, it, it's it's weird how gentrification really changes the name of a of a neighborhood, because um, Queen Village has been the same forever. So it's just one of those things where um, look out Harlem, you're about to become Smithville. <laughs> it's happening. So uh, South Philly, if you were to say, oh, that's where you know a lot of Italians are from. Yes, that's true. But however, that's the Italian neighborhood. Then you have the Irish neighborhood, and then you have the Polish neighborhood. Well, eh, Polish is more Southwest Philly, but. But that's another thing is then you have different sects of the way the neighborhoods work in West Philly has their IR section. It's it's just it, it doesn't make sense if you're outside of it. But if you're inside of it, you're like, OK, I oddly know where to get the best pierogi. I oddly know where to get like the best pierogi in one part of the city and then drive an hour south for the best cheese, best cheesesteak. And it's just <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Um But yeah, so South Philly does have a a big, you know, Italian presence, but it's like just that one part of South Philly does. Gotcha. Back then. Now it's a little different. Now they they don't really do that. 
It's a, it's a strange, interesting town. So that's why I'm glad you can help clear up for some of this because there's people that haven't been to Philadelphia before. And it, first of all, you should check it out. It's an awesome place. You should go at least once. It's oh, a great absolutely. city. It is. It's, I prefer um, it sometimes over New York in certain in certain aspects. You know what I mean? It depends on what you're there for. That's the, the other thing, too. I like the vibe of Philly a little bit more than I like the vibe of New York. To well, be Philly's more low-key. Yeah. Philly's uh, it, it's what it used to be. It, it, it was a real city. I mean – it's a bunch of people who work blue collar jobs that complain all the time that <laughs> aren't ever going to leave those jobs, but they they always feel like they're getting screwed over. There's um, a wonderful calmness and universal hatred. Yes, yes. And then you go to New York and they're entitled to it. Where affiliates like, well, we're never going to get it to begin with, so we're just going to shit on it no matter what. <laughs> My other curse. No, you're fine. Yeah, you're good, man. Good dude. Um, it's uh, so Philly back in the early colonies, too, is actually considered like one of the crown jewel places. So Boston was actually the rapscallions, uh, the, the ne'er-do-well type. And then uh, New York was this weird thing where there was the, the Tory kind of a thing in there. But Philadelphia was actually where most of the wealthy people were. And that's probably why it was chosen as one of the original capitals, too. But um, and so New York had shit in the street. Also true. Um, <laughs> Now, around this time frame, too, that we're talking about here, just so you guys know, um, they're going to wind up – there's a big Italian influx that's coming over here. It's probably the second wave of Italian immigration is uh, coming over here. Now, specifically also, we say Italian. You shouldn't include Sicilian with that, but some people don't make the, the differentiation. Uh, rumors would say, by the way, that the Testa family – going back to our boy the chicken man here uh, – is that the Testa family was connected back in Sicily. And when I mean connected – uh, you guys kind of know what we're talking about here. Uh, the term that I heard that I had to learn for this is mandamento, which is uh, for two dumb Irish kids like Davey and I. And actually, Cahoons <laughs> is Irish too, believe it or not. Um, so for three dumb kids, three dumb Irish kids from the Tri-State area, it's not easy for us to understand. But essentially what I grabbed from it is that uh, it was a grouping of the local mafia groups or the La Cosa Nostra, which I think means uh, this thing of ours or our thing, uh, yeah. that ran major parts of Sicily. And a capo mandamento was the head of a territory, or for short, they would just call him a capo. Now, this all worked within a tribute system that some people would refer to, again, as the mafia. Okay, that kind of a thing. Well, also, too, to add on to that, what I read is that the original mafia, um, and I watched about it or watched uh, something on it, was they were helping landowners who couldn't protect their land. And then yep. they figured it out afterwards. They were like, well, they were like, um, they were like well, we could – just own the land and like, or like the charge for protection. They were, it was just insurance. I mean, it's like in Goodfellas where he's like, they're the guys you call when you can't call the good guys. You know? And it's a weird thing because that there's a, a total honor system to it. And we're going to cover a little bit of that too. Cause it, it's, it turned, there's a nobility to it and there's really an underbelly to it too. So somewhere in the middle is the truth, I would say. Um, but you're right. The way it started out back in the old countries, they would talk about it. It is that kind of a thing here. So, uh, interestingly enough, La Cosa Nostra, which again means this thing of ours or our thing, is also oddly used by the Jesuits of the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah. So they would also refer to them, the Jesuits or like this thing of ours, the Jesuit order. So uh, that's for another episode. I found some weird shit doing some research on that. I had a feeling you were going to say that too. Oh boy. Well, uh, we're going to introduce the first of our characters here, Cahoons. The, uh, the cliche is a face only a mother could love. And uh, <laughs> as, as Davey kind of mentioned earlier, this guy, uh, he's got what my friend Mark Riccadonna would refer to. He, Mark jokes about himself saying that he was born to always look 35. 
<laughs> and like 35 in 1950, like not 35 now. Yeah, that's because uh, we look good. <laughs> oh my god! Well, um, this fella, Philip uh, Testa here, he's going to get the nickname the Chicken Man. Now, there's a couple of people say oh. that it was because he got into the yeah. So Kahuna's already looking up a picture. You can tell by that guttural reaction. <laughs> uh, wow, I feel kind of bad. Paul. He kind of looks like the Micro Machines Man. <laughs> for those who don't know what we're talking about here yet the guy has this pockmarked face now they say it's because he had a really bad uh it, his face kind of looks like if a a, a crater with uh looks like a central jersey He's like road a, yeah oh well that is a great that's fantastic he looks like uh essentially you know when you get off of um the parkway maybe an exit before you were supposed to it looked like like our parking lot when we first moved into this building (laughs) we could keep going man lots of holes lots of craters definitely going to be something that uh it's a rough looking face okay coffee cakes from uh he's dead so it's okay from the bronx uh, bronx that was oh (laughs) that's good one but now i don't want ever eat a coffee cake again solid on that one but the guy's got a rough looking face here and uh it it gives um but a heart of gold Supposedly, <laughs> but a heart of gold. You combine this with his large nose and apparently what has been referred to as his shark-like brown eyes, and it's going to make uh, him quite an intimidating-looking young man. Uh, it's hard to have a, a quote meet cute moment, which uh, I know Kahuna and any other film majors will know what that means uh, when it comes to two future mob bosses. But growing up in South Philly, as Davey kind of explained to us, there's a little bit of a different vibe going on in there. Testa's going to befriend a guy by the name of Angelo Bruno. Ah, the the Docile Don. The Docile Don. What a great nickname, too. Unfortunately, I found out that nickname was applied posthumously. Yeah. um, The reason why he was called that was uh, he was more of on the racketeering side of things. He he didn't. He, he believed in being more um, diplomatic than than mm-hmm. ruling with a gun. Kind of the old school mentality yeah. you were talking about back in the old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ran it like a business. He, he was a businessman. Um, and. Uh, yeah, that's he was just that uh, he and sorry, the, the the way he got the name was someone wanted to put a hit out on him. And uh, he said, like, when he found out about it, they tried to they were going to kill the guy who was who wanted to put the hit out on Andrew or Bruno. And he said no. So what they did was they I, and I'm sorry that I don't remember the gentleman's name, gentlemen, um, but they sent him to Sicily. He had to retire and go to Sicily. <laughs> and he was called the uh one of the reasons why they call him the Docile Don is because he was like, no, just send him away. I'll do my thing here. Let's just put him somewhere else. Now, that's all because that becomes a, a habit of his, if you will, that's going to lead to another very interesting character we're going to introduce shortly here. But for the quick background on uh, Angelo Bruno, as you said, the Docile Don, the Gentle Don, I've heard him referred to as. By the way, the Don, if you don't know, is uh, just being referred to as it's short for Donatello, my favorite Ninja Turtle. Um, but no, it's actually the head of the mafia family. So that's the whole thing here. Bruno is uh, also a Sicilian-American immigrant and is known to be connected. Little side note here, the first of many what-the-fuck moments for you, Cahoons. Mm -hmm. His sponsor into the mafia was a guy by the name of Matthew Maggio, okay? Maggio was a convicted murderer who also owned a cheese company called the M. Maggio Cheese Company, which has (laughs) since been bought up by Crowley Foods, which also owns Hell of a Good Dips and Axelrod Farms. So next time my mother... Dear sweet Sandy Burke, who's listening right now, I know she is, she listens to every episode, or anyone else uh, enjoys chips and dip with Axelrod Farms, you know, sour cream dip or, you know, onion dip or anything like that, or hell of a good dips, please refer to it as mafia cheese instead of dip, because (laughs) a convicted murderer (laughs) is involved with those companies. 
that we're going to get sued. Um, we're going to end up dead. Anyhow, Bruno is a connected guy, and after befriending our boy Philip Testa, they begin to ascend the hierarchy of the South Philly Mafia. All right. Now, one major difference between Bruno, uh, Bruno and Testa is that where Bruno would have legitimate businesses to cover his tracks, including not the first nor the last Jersey tie-in, he had an exterminator business in Jersey. I shit you not. He had an exterminator business? How funny is that, that a, a guy who's the, the gentle Don, he goes, I don't like to kill people, but I have an exterminator business. But I'll kill bugs, no problem. I got multiple exterminator businesses. <laughs> it's a uh, franchise. So here's the thing. Now, Testa, he's going to get noticed by law enforcement before Bruno, not technically before Bruno, but he gets noticed a little bit more easily because Testa has no legitimate source of income. Yeah, he's a professional gambler, mm-hmm. apparently. Exactly. Yeah. It's like uh, when they try to figure, well, how's this guy make all of his money? And you're sitting there and go, well, it, none of your business. Yeah, none mm-hmm. of your business. It's Mind like Whitey money. Bulger. Whitey Bulger won the lottery, what, two times? <laughs> and he won it for a substantial amount of money. I, I don't know if that's how Testa, I don't know if Testa was like a legit gambler to a handicapping uh, capacity. But yeah, that's what they all say. He 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 just really... Really good. It's kind of funny because I'm looking at him on Wikipedia, and I, and I, you know how when you see the picture, there's the stats below it, basically. Yeah, so like you're talking about down. for Bruno or for Testa? F- for Testa. Got it. And I love how it just has, just has occupation, crime boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny, nothing too, when you more, Nothing them. less. Because sometimes there's, people have a weird job title, too, which will get stranger on that one. Okay. There's just few people that um, I am exact opposites of, and Testa's one of them. He's a really good gambler where it was a profession, and I am an awful gambler. He's five eight. I'm six foot. He's. he's I, it seems he's to be the stocky. taller we get, the worse it gets with gambling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, That'd be an interesting metric. Yeah, that's, to, to that's something after. to look into now. At this point, so. <laughs> I'm five nine, and I won about two thousand dollars on sports betting this year. Yeah, you <laughs> you won it on the birds, and it's the only time I've been happy that the Eagles lost the game because at least a friend made money <laughs> off did. of. I remember texting you during that, and I was like, shit. At least somebody got something out of this. I was miserable during that game. <laughs> Well, uh, Testa's problem here is that uh, he's not going to attract too, too much attention like other mob bosses were and are known for. Again, unlike Bruno, who's posthumously known as the gentle Don for avoiding violence when possible, Testa is actually considered, he was a rough looking dude. He's about as tough as they fucking come. He's as violent as they can come at times. Bruno would dress like a gentleman. So Angela Bruno is going to put on a nice suit. And what's Testa dressing like? Uh, like you, a plumber. <laughs> like a goddamn plumber. <laughs> yeah. Tess is the kind of guy that he walks into a place and someone says, I'll move it, I'll move it. Please don't tell my truck. They said like the his look, uh, newscasters or uh, reporters, when they were around him, they would back off. Mm-hmm. Like they, He was just, he had a look. But when you look at him in his photos, which people are going to do. Oh, yeah. It'll be up on the Instagram, too. You're going to giggle at him now, but. Realize this man was an extremely feared human being back, you know, in his run. Um, like feared because of his his position, or feared because like he's actually done some crazy, crazy oh, shit. You'll see. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> For a guy with shark eyes, like you were just saying, has a mean stare, crater face, which reporters uh, like referred to as a mean scowl. Testa managed to outkick his coverage and marry a woman that is widely considered to be very attractive. Her name is Alfia. And uh, this one was weird for me because in order to find out some info on her, I actually I got onto personal pages because with Loser, usually there's a couple hundred years between us and the subject matter. This one starts way, way back, but ends relatively recently. Yeah, you might have somebody on <laughs> on here that you have uh, 
I was just going to say, one of his kids, I think, is still alive. Yeah, uh, you might have, like, mutual friends on Facebook. With there's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'll get a friend request. Uh, it's a, I, mean, I've been, I grew up in North Jersey. I've been threatened by a lot of Italian dudes over the years. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be the start of me. Yeah, a, friend. <laughs> so this is how I go down in, from an episode of American Loser. Nah, you'll be fine. It's, you'll be we've fine. never given your actual name out. Yeah. Remember that. That's why we well, protect you. That's a good you. point. But he's got uh, a beautiful Sicilian wife now by the name of Alfia. He's going to have two children. Uh, a daughter named Maria, very original, um, and then a son named Salvatore. More on him in a second. Okay. Testa is considered. Now, we've introduced two characters for you so far, Cahoons, all right, for the people keeping track at home. Angela Bruno, the gentle Don, and Philip Testa, the chicken man, who's rough and tumble, scary-looking dude. All right. Testa is considered to actually be a doting father, and even though he's a violent guy, he actually rarely drinks, and unlike almost all other mafiosos of the time, Never cheated on his wife or had, as Tony Soprano taught us, a, a gumad or whatever they would say. Yeah, like I said, he, you know, he's tough to look at, but he's got a heart of gold. He's a family man. Like you he's were, a family man. People thought you were joking, but yeah. yes, there is a little bit of a heart of gold to this guy. Now, it's also sometimes covered in other people's blood, but it's, it's there, all right? The greater good. <laughs> by, uh, by 1959, his old friend from South Philly, Angelo Bruno, has now been made the head of the Philadelphia mob. So this is 1959, folks, all right? Angelo, Bruno, and Testa, they're ascending the hierarchy here. Bruno's now the guy. Bruno has gotten in tight with the head of the Gambino crime family out of New York, who that's like the commission. Those are the people that are kind of calling all the shots, um, specifically Carlo Gambino. Now, these guys like to do business in the old La Cosa Nostra ways, kind of like Davey was saying. Uh, organized crime has this weird, loose moral code of ethics. This will keep them somewhere between barbarians and upstanding citizens, but they're certainly a gray area. So... Bruno wouldn't uh, allow his own outfit to distribute drugs, which sounds noble, right? But then he's like, well, there's a lot of money in drugs, so we'll let other people do it, and then we'll just, you know, charge them a percentage for protection of their drug-dealing business. So, <laughs> yeah, like, like, we'll just look over it. We'll, we'll let it go through. Just we're not going to do it. Yeah, I don't want any of my guys getting pinched for these really strict drug laws yeah. that are coming out here and getting long prison sentences, but I will take a little bit of the profitable like, money that's coming it's through. It's like mafioso outsourcing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfectly said. Um, now, Bruno would rule over a relatively quiet and ironically peaceful reign at the top of the Philly mob for the next 20 years. Uh, of course, there were always going to be some troublemakers, though. Prepare for the third character to, you know, for the, the casting couch kahuna. Um, as briefly as you can. So give me like like 30 to 30 to 50 seconds here. So just so we get a soundbite so that way I don't burn any of the research I did. Uh, off the top of your head, Davey, how would you describe Nicky Scarfo? Psycho. Ooh, one word, and he summed it up. I get you have like twenty eight seconds. What do you want to do with it? Oh, um, <laughs> just go down the list, man. Uh, well, psycho, cocaine, crazy. <laughs> he just. Uh, I don't know. He yeah, he's just psycho. Like they're like I can't even. He's, yeah, he's, he's there are just not awful. movie characters that yeah. are as diabolical as this guy. He would be if Michael Corleone and um, Michael Corleone and when Al Pacino played uh, Devil's Advocate, that combined. That's <laughs> Nicky Scarfo. I mean, that's how evil of a person this guy you is. You are batting I a mean. thousand on references today, buddy. That's Damn. <laughs> well, Bruno would, of course, uh, go ahead and make uh, Testa his underboss. Why wouldn't you? Your underboss is like, you know, a guy that you can trust to handle some shit here. After all, Testa is reliable, old school, devoutly Catholic, capable of great violence, had some extra skin in the game now that he's got his own son as a member of the Philadelphia mob. So his son, now to enter the fourth character in the story here, the aforementioned Salvatore. All right. Salvi. Yep. Salvi. Testa? 
uh, Salvi Testa. Yep, this okay. is the chicken man's son. He gets schooled up in the, quote, old ways of the mob and was considered to be, contrary to his father, actually a good-looking dude. Yeah, okay. he is literally – I mean, I said I was the exact opposite, but no, Salvatore. Uh, he, When you look at him, he, he has like the – Holy like, crap. Yeah, those child – like that that baby face. He's got that baby face. Those dimples is what He's not going to be in about. the casting couch. I'm just going to say it point blank because the first thought that popped into the back. Yo, this motherfucker looks like Jay Leno. <laughs> yeah, but like sexy Jay Leno. Sexy Jay Leno is interesting. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's like that thing. So that's how good looking um, the chicken man's wife must have been. That you know, such a beautiful lady that you take this guy who's got a face that looks like you know. It was love at first. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, they say the reason why he was called the chicken man was either because he had a terrible case of the pox that left him scarred on the face here, or eventually that's... his legitimate businesses he's going to get into to cover up his tracks. He winds up owning a poultry company. Oh, so the chicken man. Yeah. But, okay. Um, now, Testa considers himself to be uh, this. Is one, and I, we're going to try to differentiate with the names here. The Chicken Man, Philip Testa, uh, was known to consider himself to be like the next Julius Caesar of the mob. That's kind of how he saw himself. Uh, the cops all just thought he was a dumb brute, but he had some brains to him. Um, he thought himself as a leader of men, a guy who could get things done, and ruled his crew with complete authority under his longtime friend Angelo Bruno. Bruno's at the top. Testa's just underneath. Okay. Now, he's no longer an illegitimate businessman by this time. He's running several construction outfits, also got himself into the poultry business, like we said. So that's another reason why you would apply the chicken man moniker. So uh, now it's amusing here because uh, there's an incident early on with Nicky Scarpo, who, by the way, we're going to refer to as Little Nicky because that was his nickname, Little Nicky Scarpo. So he actually gets into some trouble. Uh, He's a little bit too violent, a little bit too psychotic. Um, He's not doing things the old way that, uh, you know, Testa and Bruno like to do things. He's a little bit too flashy. He winds up getting himself similar to how you told me, because I didn't know this story, but it's definitely, it fits in line with Angelo Bruno's character that the guy who he sent to Sicily to retire him rather than getting him killed, he, rather than get rid of Nicky Scarpo, sends him to a little backwater town that, you know, used to be a coastal retreat, a little bit maybe an hour south of here, Kahuni. You want to take a guess where they banished this guy? They banished him to AC? Atlantic City, brother. All right. So, <laughs> what a hell of a punishment! It's uh oh, wait till you hear what happens. Um, things seem to be going well for Testa until 1980. One question though, before you continue, KB, I'm so sorry. No, no, what do you got? So the four characters that we have at this moment. This is are, good. I, we needed to do a catch up for the audience. Yeah, There's a lot so of info. So they're Philip and Testa, sorry. his son Salvatore. Yeah, let's call him the Chicken Man. We'll just refer to him so as the Chicken, chicken Man. We got Chicken Man, Chicken Man and Son. Great company. Uh, <laughs> Angelo Bruno. Right, the gentle and Don. And then uh, and little Nicky Scarpo. Yep, okay. little Nicky Scarpo. So the funny thing, um, just hearing you go go through the casting couch, is that. When I was doing my research on it, too, it's it's all the nicknames that make me laugh. It's like old school baseball nicknames, but like for the most <laughs> awful human beings. Yeah. Um, like there's a guy that you've probably heard of a little bit. Um, um, Slim Razor or uh, Thin Razor. <laughs> I, I, I might be messing his name up, but he was he's a main major figure in, um, you know, the, uh, he's the in Irishman. He's the Irishman. He was played by Bobby Cannavale. And um, yeah. I was watching I was watching this one podcast with uh, Natalie, uh, who was a Philadelphia mob boss later in the 90s. And he talks about Skinny Razor in a way where you're just like, oh, man, this guy sounds like a good human being. And then you're like, oh, no, his name's that because he slashed someone's face. Like their names sound cool. And then the story behind it is like a legit you're just like, ah, but then test you have chicken man testa and you're like he either had chicken pox or he owned 
a, a poultry company. Like <laughs> it's like, hey, it's hugs. Yeah. Oh, why do they call them hugs? Oh, he squeezed someone to death. Oh, you're not wrong. Now, with which is amusing because then um, one of the most famous <laughs> hey, <gangsters, Lenny. laughs> the creator of the guy who organized the five families in uh, New York is actually Lucky Luciano. So. What do they call you, Lucky? Uh, I mean, I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh but like God. I said, things are going well. For We're now in 1980 here. So we're just in, in seven years. Uh, old Kevin Patrick Burke is coming into the world. But uh, it's 1980. And now, unfortunately, for the chicken man, the chicken man, his uh, uh, beautiful wife, Althea, passes away. So it would seem to be the last time that any relative peace that he knew in his mobster life, would it would die with her because things are about to explode. All right. Now, um... Your family's still living in, in the southwest Philly area around no, the No, 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 no. Where no. are you guys living right now? Um, all over. Um, we're not. I have a family in Grays Ferry, South Philly, which would be the oh, Irish. I, mean, I, I should rephrase that in like the 1980 time frame. Oh, time? sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to go in my time machine. Uh, yeah, I'm seven years away myself. And yeah, my dad is starting to run a family bar <laughs> um, and running some other stuff on the side. Uh, I could say that. Not drugs. Legally accurate. At what he's doing right here, this is yeah. perfect because I got a lot of cousins that are lawyers. So uh, this is what you're, your phrasing has made it impossible for this show to be litigated. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he did, he just, my family, whenever they would get involved with things like that, it was more of as to make ends meet, not to make, uh, not to go on vacation, but to pay rent tomorrow. You know, it was like gotcha. more of a blue collar approach. Um, like I have an uncle, um, who's passed away long gone. He did his time in Eastern State Penitentiary. Um, Uncle also, Tucker. Also, reception, folks. Yeah. We covered that for a <laughs> Halloween episode. <laughs> I watched, I had listened to that one, and then I went to the Eastern State Penitentiary shortly after that, too, and I was like, oh, man, this is like a family reunion in here. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, with Uncle Tucker, you know, he, he, did, he did what he had to do to put food on the table. I mean, it, like, my family has that, like I said, we have this weird intertwined... Um, story in, with Philadelphia, but it's like a blue collar approach to it. Cause you have people who have that, that weird white collar side of it. And you're like, Oh, you're a rich kid from Philly. And that's might be the worst thing to be. If you're a rich the, kid from Philadelphia, yeah. if you're in the Philadelphia, yeah. if you're from the Philadelphia area and you're trying to hang out with like normal people from Philly and you're the rich guy from Philly, everyone's like, yeah, it's Get jerk the off. Fuck what the fuck is this guy doing here? <laughs> as, uh, as my, we won't say what person he's making fun of, but the great Andy high roller, um, one of my, my great pals in comedy who moved down to Memphis. I miss you, buddy. Um, and he moved. He did. He did. He'll be back, though. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to get him on some StreamYard stuff, too. But For sure. He had a great line about um, uh, some of the people down the Jersey Shore comedy scene that they would literally uh, get dropped off in their mother's BMW and then put on their Carhartt jacket and come in and try to look like longshoremen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did the exact opposite. Like where when we were so poor as kids that like I <laughs> oh, man, I would just try to wear like um, like one real name brand thing but like as many times as possible <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's how like we were so like i said when someone of affluence comes around you and you you've grown up in it in the shit pretty much you're just like ah oh, man you had it easy you had super nintendo you know <laughs> that was uh all of my clothes were hand-me-downs from my cousin greg so that man. was my i never had so i was always about eight years removed from the trends um, so i'm kind of an idiot and i always thought the phrase was actually hand-me-downs I never, I never uh, associate hand me downs. I thought it was hand me downs because I'm stupid. More evidence, I, you're, right? You're, you're not alone in that. I did oh. for a long time too. Yeah, Coons. I thought it was oh. hand me downs. Not Coons. hand me I should be downs. sitting across from you. This is like I think yeah, it's, it's just starting to fall for you now. I'm sitting here about to say something about the the see the difference between a Philadelphia and a New Jersey education. 
And then Kahuna's just like, no, that happened to me too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Nah, it's fuck all it. Never the mind. Same. I'm sorry, it's KP. I didn't mean to. <laughs> well, I'm going to write this ship real quickly here, guys. We got to get back on topic because I'm going to set you up for success in a second, Dave, because you actually know the place. You've, you've been past there with your father. I believe he's the one who pointed out to you the location of a thing I'm about to uh, describe that's going to happen on March 21st, 1980. So the chicken man's longtime friend, the current boss and the head of the Philadelphia crime family, Angelo Bruno, is murdered in his car via shotgun blast to the back of the head. Your dad was just driving one like. No, my dad had it in his head that he. Yeah. Yeah. He was planning. He he did. Wait, whoa, 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 no, my dad didn't kill Angelo Bruno, just oh, so we're clear. You heard it yeah. here, folks. You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That is not a Ginger News Network news break. Um, <laughs> I would never throw my dad under the bus for that. Um, but no, no, no. My dad uh, one day just... <laughs> Should have got me so, that Nintendo dad. <laughs> well, he was really good at convincing me I didn't need things that were expensive. Um, so, yeah, we we were just driving through South Philly, and we lived outside in the suburbs at this point. So we were just doing a drive. And he was like, do you recognize that building? And I'm like, oh, no, no, actually, he, we're leading it. I, I kind of went a little too far. But uh, he showed me the Bruno thing by saying this is a very famous corner. The second place he showed me was a building. Uh-huh. And it, it leads us uh, to a different part of the story. <laughs> but they're all very close to each other. And, and I'll explain more. But, yeah, um, he, I remember he said it was a really it was a weird night. And when he owned the bar at the time, or I think he was in the bar. And uh, he was like, we, it just came across the news. Like it was it, like when Bruno got hit, it was like, uh. wow. So, yeah. Angelo Bruno, the gentle Don, the guy who's trying to avoid violence when possible, takes a shotgun blast to the back of the head. His driver gets injured. Um, I think the driver winds up living. But the 69-year-old Don dies instantly. Not his original driver. Not his regular driver, oh, by the there's way. There's always some weird detail with that. His regular driver happened to be unavailable that evening. And I forget the I, I don't remember the connection, but I do know um, it's like when Fredo had to had to drive um, Don Corleone. He definitely had some questions asked. There, I was going to say yeah. Yeah. follow ups. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the attack would uh, essentially launch a long and bloody war within the mafia, but it didn't break out into a crazy violence right away. The attack is believed to have been ordered by Bruno's own concietti, which is like his top advisor, uh, Antonio Caponegro. So this murder or hit was not approved by a group known as the Commission, which if you don't know what the Commission is, it's a TV show starring Michael Chiklis in the 90s, right before he did The Shield. Mm -hmm. The actual Commission is essentially a group of shot callers for organized crime and La Cosa Nostra in America. They're said to have met like the five families in Godfather, which for those of you who have seen that movie, you haven't, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Or because it's a weird millennial generation. Remember that scene when the Joker shows up in the dark night for the first time and all the gangsters are meeting <laughs> up together? Yeah. That commission, by the way, formed by Lucky Luciano, as we said earlier. So you had something, Davey? Um, yeah. The, so the Angelo Bruno hit. Um, weird thing about that is the, the hit itself and the pictures were all over newspapers. Like, you can look got, at them right now. So he got hit. He, all right. So, so people understand. He was in his car. He was in the passenger seat having a cigarette. And someone came up from behind and uh, hit him with a shotgun blast in the back of the Jesus. head. Okay, people. Honestly, like, if you do plan on looking this up at home, consider this a straight-up advisory warning because the picture of the incident is on Wikipedia. And that was a fun surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very – yes, yes. Uh, 
Hey, Kahuna, don't look at that picture if you're squeamish. Um, <laughs> no, it, I'm yeah. Not, it, I'm not, but I'm just saying that in general for anyone who wants to look this stuff up. But see, up. like, this is this is the kind of, like, I didn't have a weird childhood where I was around the mob or anything like that. But this is the kind, like, my dad took me to this location. And then he goes, they had the audacity to leave the, the picture in the newspaper. I'm like, you have the audacity to take your you know, 15 year old son to the scene of the crime. I mean, like it's some sort of yeah, pilgrimage in this, in this weird murder, you know, scavenger hunt we're going on. And, and that's the first stop. <laughs> that was the first stop in this. So part of me wants this to be like a, a greater thing where he's like, and that's why you got to work harder in school, Dave. That's <laughs> no, no. I told him I had a bad day once. And he said, you have, you have a bad day. I had to uh, go identify somebody who had a needle in their arm. And I was like, I'm 14 on a bad day, man. You're, you're, you're 65, and you were not. Like, yeah, you've had way more bad days. I forgot. Your pops is a vet, too, right? Uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. I, I just want to point out something that's actually kind of funny. I went to go look up more details about the murder, what happened, and when you type in Angelo Bruno murder on Google, I didn't know that there was a mafia Wikipedia, like exclusively just mafia information. They, there's some wildly inconsistent information yeah. on there. So it's um, Really? Yeah, it's weird because I had to do – this is the most um, – Maybe it's run by them. This is the most journalistic what? research I've had to do in terms of finding multiple sources to confirm a date or a time on something. Well, KP, I mean you don't run a news – company so i also understand that. I've, <laughs> I've uh i i one i've lived this but i have done a lot of journalistic research myself solid self-promotion yep. um here's the problem though so angela bruno gets taken out and like we said there's this commission up in new york but this Capanegro guy who was the concierge he did not have permission to take out somebody with the prestige of angelo bruno without the permission of the the aforementioned commission yeah he did the old uh Ask for forgiveness, not for permission and approach. He does get well, forgiven. No, he, well, he did ask for permission. That's the weird part. But he may have been led astray. Yeah, they. Uh, it, it's a weird thing with that because um, he. I would introduce this character a little bit more, but there, it's not pertinent to the story because essentially, uh, shortly after the the murder of the gentle Don Angela Bruno being shotgun blasted at the back of the head, Capenegro's body is found in the Bronx, in the trunk of a car. Bloodily beaten and apparently naked, uh, the first major shots of the war had been fired as other associates, uh, other people associated with, I should say. So wait, that was the the guy that they found in the so, trunk was the dude who did it. So what happened? Called the shots on it. So. Oh. I can give you a real quick abridged version of it. Yeah. Um, yeah so so what happened was Capenegro, um, he went to he went to the commission. To, no, he, well originally he didn't go to the commission. He went to a guy's name, and it, it's eluding me at this point. And he said. You do what you got to do, like kill Bruno, pretty much, was the – he alluded to it. Um, and what happened was he did not – They like the commission did not approve that. This guy makes the murder. And then when they have the sit-down, he looks at uh, – Caponegro looks at the, the dude, the guy who told him, hey, like you do what you have to do. And he was like, I never told you to kill him. I just said to – do what you had to do. <laughs> and then when Capernegro realized it, he starts screaming for like he starts now trying to get his way out of it. And they were like, nope, this is this is fucking done. So they, they, they took him out. Meanwhile, his driver was at a bar and then someone walked in and grabbed him and he got the same fate that 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 same day. Yeah, it was uh, the yeah. driver, the driver as well. It was anyone associated with the uh, Bruno hit. There was like they were done. They they weren't they weren't playing games with that because they had to establish power again. And which we'll get to soon. Um, oh, yeah. the, the vacuum gets really uh, it's really sucked in. Wait a minute. His his actual driver that just happened to be 
drinking that day or the one that was in the car? No, when... no, no. So just, oh, yeah, I apologize. So no, the, no, no, it's okay. the guy who drove Caponegro to meet the five, the, the commission, he was then like waiting for him at a different bar. When they called for him, they said, hey, Caponegro is calling for you. You have to go get him because he thought he was actually Caponegro was getting um, marked as the Don. Like that's how delusional <laughs> these two guys were. They were they, they they made a hit against the Don without asking permission. So he goes in all willy-nilly excited, and he gets the same exact fate, you know, tortured and beaten. And uh, they also may have stuffed dollar bills in, in different places to, to suspect greed. Oh, I like that. It's like a piggy bank up there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, the ensuing Philly Mafia war is going to last four years and claim about at least 20 lives that we know of. So for 10 years, <laughs> the chicken man, Philip Testa, the chicken man had served as underboss. Right now, after the murder of Bruno, he was made head of the acting family. OK, the last Don was just murdered by his own concierge. So he should probably make sure that he picks someone he can trust. Why not make it somebody that, he, you know, you know, is can get some shit done. He also happens to be the godfather to your own son. So Salvatore Testa, the chicken man's son, his godfather is Nicky Scarpo, little Nicky, who's been banished to Atlantic City yeah. for being too violent. Nicodemus. Phillips or Salvatore's? Salvatore's godfather. Salvatore's godfather. Correct. Little Nicky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's tough here because Italian people have uh, ridiculous names. Too many vowels, folks. All right. Listen, I love your food. I love your culture, but stop with the vowels. Yeah. Uh, and your wine is delicious too. I'm not. <laughs> this is wild. Well, welcome back, little Nicky Scarpo, because sometimes a hyper-violent soldier is exactly what's needed. So he's been running things in Atlantic City. Now he's getting kind of brought back into the fold with some of the shit going on over in Philly. Testa's reign at the top, the chicken man we're talking about, the chicken man now running the entire Philly mob here. Unfortunately, it's going to be a short one due to RICO indictments, which is essentially where they started figuring out how to um, prosecute organized crime. OK, uh, the, the Philadelphia uh, legal offices are actually starting to come down hard on him. And no more just waiting for tax evasion. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well said, dude, because that was the whole thing. But you couldn't figure out how to get Capone on anything. But now, RICO, you're able to sit there and try to uh, prosecute them and, and break down organized crime as they knew it. So... With these indictments heating up under himself and others, and some rebellion from within the ranks due to lingering issues with Bruno's leadership, this is going to bring us to March 15th, 1981. The Ides of March. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yep, the Ides of March. Oh. As uh, the chicken man opens the door to his home, a nail bomb explodes underneath the porch. The bomb was detonated by a guy by the name of Rocco Marinucci, more on him later, under the orders of Peter Casella and Frank Narducci. Okay. All right. So with Narducci, he's Philip Chicky Narducci. <laughs> just to throw a little wrench into it. So like when I said about the nicknames, you just hear it and you're like, oh, cool. So now when we say Chicky or, well, we could just say Narducci. But yeah, I just wanted to add that that little thing. Um, and to, re, to go back a little bit on your Nicky Scarfo uh, to Consigliere, there was an option actually given to Chicken Man. He was they were they they told him you can either make Nikki your underboss or you can make him your conciliary. Whoa. So and this is something that may it, it didn't lead. Nikki didn't kill Testa. He had nothing to do with that. Right. But it did lead to a little dissension in the ranks uh, where Nikki Scarfo was now pissed that he was the the conciliary when he thought I'm the I'm your son's godfather. Like I should be your underboss. So that led to friction uh, down the road. Um which will come back and, and, and I'll a point power to it. vacuum kind of yeah. like you were alluding to. So, uh, again, Marinucci is the, the guy hitting the detonator for this bomb. Uh, the orders are from Peter Cassell and Frank Narducci. Narducci is a capo 
and Casella had been Testa's underboss, but had gotten himself into the drug trafficking game, which ruffled some feathers with the old generation mafioso. But regardless of your opinion, they truly did blow up the chicken man. Philip Testa is now dead. The chicken man's gone. His neighbors claimed his body parts were found for blocks away. He dies of internal bleeding at a local hospital. And they did blow up his house, too. <laughs> the song didn't lie. It did it's not accurate. lie. Yes. What a fucking nail bomb that must have been. People said that they thought um, a factory had exploded. That that's what they thought had gone on. Yeah. What, so down there, there's oil refineries that aren't far. So when you're saying yeah. factory, it's actual oil refinery, no which shit. one did explode not too long ago. Um, and you could feel it from miles away. Wow. Uh, I actually lived so that there's you have the those refineries on the South Philly side and on the Southwest Philly side. And when I was a kid, it happened then. But we looked at it like, oh, this is cool. And really, yeah, it was awful. It was it was not safe. Well, so now uh, you, uh, for your casting couch at home, Angelo Bruno is your gentle Don. He's dead. He's gone. Okay, shotgun blast to the back of the head. That comes in rough and tumble, looking uh, the chicken man, Philip Testa. He's now dead. Got blown up with a nail bomb. All so. Right? Um, I apologize for cutting you off, but that just leads back to my dad's uh, murder tour. So when I was saying um, the house, hey, like the first place we went to, he took me in succession of the mob bosses of Philadelphia. Now I think about it. So he was like, hey, this is where Angelo Bruno and like and I didn't have a smartphone. So I had to find out like what Angelo Bruno looked like after the fact. And then um, so then we drive a little further and my dad's like, do you recognize this building? And I look at him like, no. No, should I? Like, no. It looks like a house in Girard, uh, in South Philly. It wasn't, I think Bruno was Gerard Estates and Tessa's not too far away. See, KP would have be worried about this conversation in a different light. He'd be like, this is how you found out you were adopted. Freaking <laughs> Larry Burke yeah. pulls up to this building. Recognize do you recognize house? this building? No, dad. Well, son, there's something I need to tell you. Yeah, that's, that's uh, hey, you got to find out somehow. I grew up knowing it's not like an Eddie Vedder alive thing happened to me, okay? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Keep going. You're in front of this um, building. Yeah, so you we're you in front of it. And I was, it. Like, I was like, I have no idea what it is. He's like, yeah, that's where they blew up uh, Chicken Man. And I was like, <laughs> first off, who? Because I like growing up, I, I knew more about the the, uh, the New York Mafia than I probably did the Philly, Philly Mob. Because it's just not reported on, even though it's in my backyard. Right. But then this is how my dad's given me, like, planting the fact that he knows things and people. <laughs> and, um, like, I think what it was is that we were reaching a low point in our relationship. So he was like, I'm gonna, trying to be cool. I got to be cool. And I, these stories are true. Like, anything that he's ever told me, I've heard from other people later. So it's like, it's one of those things where I'm like, you guys either have... Like me and KP, we we lie that we're in the Navy. We actually worked in a Carnival cruise line together. I knew it. So, and that's just what you have to get enough friends to, to build a lie. If you believe it, it's the truth. Still a lot of banging each other, though. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I, I learned about the Philly mob was uh, a, a nice stroll through South Philly on a bright, sunny day. Um, is, how old were you? Uh, 15 or 16. Okay. And then when I was an adult, we did it again. But like I, as an adult, I was like, hey, like, can you take me through? Because like now I'm now I'm interested from there are from listeners of this show that are going to go do this little tour now, too. So if your father wants to create some sort of an industry. No, no, no. So, so if I want to. So if you want to do the Ginger News Network ah, tour of murder <laughs> of Philadelphia, um, don't come to me because I don't want to get in trouble, <laughs> actually. No. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it's a it's a funny way to grow up. And the, the thing that he said, KP mentioned the nail bomb. They actually they put nails in it because they wanted uh, people to believe that the people who who pulled off the 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 killing of, of Tesla, they wanted them to believe uh, the mob to believe that 
the roofers union was the ones behind it. The Irish were the ones that were behind shit. it. They were trying to blame the Irish. Wow. Um, and and I apologize. I kind of want to pull like a Jamie, pull it up. Uh, Moynihan or Moonan. It's like one of those like M Irish names. Uh, yeah, I can't really crap on a, a Sicilian last names <laughs> after some of the ridiculous Irish last names I've seen too. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me sitting here with my Cordes. McConaughey now. is the, the one that I, it's like spelling. McCon- rest, it's, it's restaurant of last names to me. Accurate. I can't spell restaurant and I've worked in them my whole life. <laughs> and that, I, I didn't steal. I heard Patrice say that on, a, on that special. Elf in the room. <laughs> yeah. One of the best. But he's just like, he gets to a certain point. He's like, I can't say it. See, For you're- the, uh, the benefit of the audience at home, though, I got to do a quick recap because we're putting out so much info and we are, yeah. we're going to get one of those shitty reviews again. We're like, it's a great topic, but you guys are all over the place. <laughs> we don't so, mean to be. This is a big topic. And it's, it's, it's and huge, it's, especially if you don't understand the mafia. Yeah. Kind of like how I because I mean, you know, from the movies, but when you break it down a little bit, it's a little confusing. But I, we're trying confusing. to do it in a very concern like cons- easy yeah. way for you guys to grasp so i can read stuff and i can try to analyze that and then you got a guy who kind of grew up with an in understanding it. of it not in it but no. uh, uh around it with a, a deeper familiarity of it the same way that um you know uh, it, people in certain parts of the country uh, are, are going to have what you're ingrained in whatever your culture is i forget what it's called uh, you're a product of your time. environment Oh, that's very much yeah. true. <laughs> so we can talk about Southie Boston, but unless you know a guy from Boston, they're going to give you a better, more detailed, boots on the ground version of it. Yeah, it's like I, I can't tell you about Southie Boston, but I can tell you all about South Philly <laughs> and how it goes. Um, well, uh, there's a new sheriff in town, folks, because the chicken man is dead. All right. The chicken man's dead. Angelo Bruno's dead. This is going to set up our boy, little Nicky, who, by the way, this is a true fact. I had this confirmed by three different sources, one of them a Philadelphia detective. Um, that, that he confirmed it for me in a conversation I had with him. Wow. That he had a, a concrete company because, uh, remember, he got banned to Atlantic City. So Atlantic City is uh, originally at the old school Boardwalk Empire time frame. It's just a big boardwalk and maybe some coastal retreat kind of a thing. A nice little neighborhood bar. Maybe. Yeah. There's a nice neighborhood. Oh, we're going to cover that one, sir. It's the tie-in of the century. A nice and apartment just, building and a neighborhood bar. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I just I want to I'm glad that Kahuna is not too close to the window because I think when he freaks out when we say that little part of the detail, he might go out the fifth story Wait, window. What? It's going to be good. Um, so the first move here is this is how smart little Nicky is. He winds up getting a company called Scarp Concrete. Okay, so Scarp Concrete is going to be uh, a huge thing. He winds up becoming the predominant concrete guy all around the Atlantic City area. Wins and makes sure he wins. You know, probably through fr- uh, threat of violence, that he's going to be the guy that uh, gets all of the contracts because Atlantic City is a barrier island. Okay, so it's not going to be able to support these big high-rise buildings and casinos and hotels that are going to be coming in. So literally, the entire Atlantic City Barrier Island is reinforced by concrete that is made literally mafia money. Everything that touches Atlantic City is legitimately Legitimate. built on mafia concrete. Everything this wow. concrete touches is your kingdom. Yeah, you're, you're not exaggerating, <laughs> man. It's um, it's pretty insane, man. Uh, so he's now running the Philadelphia mob here. Uh, he com- takes the opportunity. Uh, obviously, I think he mourned Testa because he, he wasn't. You know, if you're if this guy's making you the godfather to his son, there's probably a relationship. Yeah, there's I mean, there's two ways of thought about that, too, is uh, you have the you have the the one side that says Scarfo loved Testa. And then Mm -hmm. you have the other side that says they hate him. And that's the thing about the mob is like the the winners. It's it's like war. The the winners write write history. So Scarfo's looked at in a in a light where he may have mourned Testa, but. Some people, and I don't know that I, I don't know this for a fact. I'm just saying, but like I, from the research I've done, then you have your your other side that says 
well, that's bullshit. Like he he hated everybody and he just was trying to get his way to the top. He is so a, it's like a weird. It's, he's considered a paranoid, um, hyper violent guy. And he's definitely not the calm, cool, collected dude. Scarfo. Bruno no, his his whole naked. thing was fear. Like it, that's that's his tactic is fear. Um, where some like where where he's the complete juxtaposition. Very proud. I used the big word. Um, no, but he's he's the complete juxtaposition of of Angela Bruno. I mean, Test is kind of the intermediary, and then only about a year or so on his reign. Yeah, think, and right? only a year. Yeah, and uh, man, he 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 went out with a bang. Um, Ugh. <laughs> They're not all going to be good. This is pretty much Ginger <laughs> News Network sometimes. No. Um, but, yeah, it's just that's that it's it's a weird. Uh, it's funny how things change so dramatically in such a short period of time in Philadelphia. Ooh, good. Um, uh, we're doing a little foreshadowing here. I like that. Um, now, little Nicky's in charge. He's going to make two moves right away. He puts a guy by the name of Chucky Merlino in as his underboss. Chucky Merlino. That's the name, folks. All right. That's the guy who goes in as the underboss. Chucky. And he sets Salvatore Testa. Okay, Sally boy, if you will, good old Sal Testa, the Sally. son of the chicken man, out on the warpath. Salvatore is a true mafioso, though, through and through. To him, murder was just part of this thing of ours, right? So when you take a guy that will casually kill someone over business, there's literally people that were talking about Salvatore Testa and saying that um, sometimes we would have to lie and say that the target didn't show up because we knew that the target, like his kids would be in the car. Yeah. And Sal Testa didn't give a shit. He goes, no, no, he's got to go. You kill his kids, too. Yeah, he was a gangster. Uh, yeah, like he, he was, grew up in it. Literally, the, the chicken man raised him in the ways of the. He never imagine handing down a family business and it just happens to be a criminal organization. So this guy's out on the war path now, right? And uh, Nikki pretty much tells him, "Tell me where I'm wrong here." Um, I, can I backtrack real quick? Go ahead. I had a, 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 um, so real funny thing about uh, not funny thing. So Scarfo actually, I, I I forgot to mention this when Testa was killed. Um, they're the one guy and the name I, I forgot that that was a part of it. Um, his name was. Oh, man, it, um, it's eluding me. However, um, Simone, I think his last name is Simone. The person who had to take him out was a very fun person that we came to know later in prominence. But Sammy the Bull Gravano actually <laughs> pulled the hit off on Simone. And he said to this, uh, not I don't know if he's still alive, but to this day. Um, that that was the the hardest hit he had to do mentally, like it, not 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 physically to do, but that was the one that he regrets the most. Is, is yeah. So Sammy the Bull, you know, who I was introduced by Sammy the, uh, to Sammy the Bull by watching a documentary and my dad walking in from the night shift at work, and I'm like, hey, did you ever learn? Uh, you know who this guy is, Sammy the Bull Gravano, and he just looked. He goes, snitch. And kept going. <laughs> so, like, that's the that, that's how we gr I grew up. You know, you know, idolizing these these people in, in a funny way, and you know, and, and but yeah, that that's I, not to go all the way back, but that I thought that no, would, that's good, interesting. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. that's why I'm happier because you have the the weird. You have the shit that I can't find when I'm trying to compare these weird articles written on mafia Wikipedia's as Kahuna is saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, then, and yeah. like my thing was, I found like different podcasts, and then. Like you have a book written by Natalie who has a whole different like like view of everything that goes on. So it's just it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, who knows what's true? <laughs> so I want to make sure that we're saying this. So Salvatore Testa, the son of the chicken man, mm -hmm. he's a brutal guy, but it gets a little bit hard not to almost admire him for a couple of things we're about to talk about here. Uh, little Nicky sets him loose and goes, don't you, you figure out whoever it is that <laughs> did this to your father and you kill all these motherfuckers. So. January 7th, 1982, Frank Narducci, okay, one of the guys who organized uh, the, the explosion, the pipe bomb that killed the chicken man, exits his car, and here's his name called. 
All right? It's Salvatore Testa. Sal said to anyone who would listen that he intended to make sure that he called his name out and waited a second so that Narducci could turn around and see his killer. As revenge for his father, Sal shoots him in the head. It's like Omar from The Wire. Ooh, you know, he, he wow. gives that mark like a little. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't know if you have this in your notes, but Salvatore is quoted as saying, I wish he was still alive so I could kill him again. Great quote. It's one of my Whoa. favorite quotes of all time. Um, and, and that that if we can say all, all we want, but that quote alone, that explains who Salvatore Testa was. I mean, that's a good point. I like, you that. know, and everyone, the, the other side is he was ruthless, but everyone liked him. Like every like for as awful as Scarfo was, uh, he's also Scarfo's not a good looking guy either. But like Salvi just had the looks. He had the charisma. And, you know, which is going to come into play in a, a little bit here. Um, <laughs> now, on his revenge tour, though, Sally Boy's revenge tour, a few months later, Marinucci, who was the detonator man of the nail bomb that killed the chicken man, was found on Federal Street in Philadelphia. And he uh, he's an interesting thing here going on. So Salvatore Testa supposedly shot him in the chest, head and neck. And when the cops found him, they found cherry bombs shoved in his mouth and down his throat. You want to blow up my father? You, know, you like to play with fireworks, huh? Let me show you some fireworks, buddy. <laughs> so I'd say this message is received. Uh, theatric. The theatrics behind it are always amazing. Oh, it's so weird. It's like they're theater majors and murderers at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Poetic justice. <laughs> but uh, along with now avenging his father's death, Salvatore Testa gets himself a promotion within little Nicky's new Philadelphia and Atlantic City kingdom. He is now also engaged to Chucky Merlino, who's the underboss. Uh, his Chucky Merlino's daughter, I should say. Let me make sure I, I, I my pacing was off on that one. Uh, very progressive mafia when they're allowing two guys to get married to each other. <laughs> it's like that um, burst get on SNL when he gets out of prison. <laughs> well, uh, Chucky Merlino's daughter um, is now, and this is going to be interesting. Here, what a beautiful romance for little Nicky to watch blossom during his reign between his underboss's daughter now being engaged to his own godson. Right? It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, fun thing about South Testy, he's not just um, a shoot him up, blow him up kind of a guy here. There's a little bit of the money side to him as well. Uh, Sal Testa also receives his in, in the estate from his father. When the chicken man got blown up, his estate, which was worth over $800,000, gets uh, handed over to Sal. And it also includes a, uh, a certain small rundown bar restaurant in Atlantic City. I don't Just a little hole in the wall. Yeah. Is there a name for it? I, I, I can't remember the name. The duck. Yeah. The duck mm, I don't remember. Again, this is when Atlantic City's changing. There's the idea that things are coming down here. Maybe there's some certain buildings that are about to get built. It's uh, it's almost like the excitement is about Bitcoin maybe six months ago that the people are saying, like, oh, this Bitcoin thing could be really interesting here. Maybe we should put some money into this. So Atlantic City, oh, we should reinvest in Atlantic City, you know. This is where it gets fucking wild. Kahuna, I apologize to you, all right, for the heart attack we're about to give you. All right. I'm coming, Elizabeth. Salvatore, <laughs> Salvatore Testa, the man who has now pulled off successfully uh, murdered uh, his father's killers. Uh, he sells this property, this rundown hole in the wall bar, as Davey described it, in Atlantic City. Happens to be on the water. He sells this property to a real estate mogul for supposedly twice its value. All right, the mogul was a developer that intended to build a hotel and casino. Uh, he was going to name it the Trump Plaza. Because the mogul that bought this property is the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. <laughs> I, I, as, I, as I said earlier, I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, my. Are you serious? Yes. yes and, and Trump and Plaza. It, yeah. It was, he what? Sold it Wait. For Trump Plaza. The was, one that just came down. 
Well, no, they, they renamed it the Hard Rock. I oh, OK. OK. Yeah, yeah. Cause I, it, hilariously enough, I've played Howie Mandel's Comedy Club in there. Thank you, Lynn Coplitz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's wild, man. So he, he knows that this property is extremely valuable because of what Trump wants to do for it. So Trump winds up paying essentially double of what the thing's worth. So Tesla's like, well, I just doubled my investment on this shitty hole. Like, I don't have the money and the funds and the time to build this thing this, the way that, you know, this Trump guy wants to do it. And Trump's like, well, I know what I can get out of this thing eventually, so I'm willing to pay whatever it takes to get it. So again, the Hard Rock built on mob-owned property. Yeah. And also on they... a barrier island on mob-owned concrete. Atlantic City is just the mob, folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get over it. I, it's, it's literally what Vegas was. It, like how Vegas started is how Atlantic City started, but in the 80s. So you had like Reaganomics going on, just, you know, the cocaine oh, on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> so and and it Atlantic was just City wild... was just a rejuvenation, too, because... Uh, uh, it used to be awesome. Yeah. I that... mean, we all saw the show. <laughs> Well, uh, test is kind of, I mean, that, that was our big jaw drop moment. There's a couple other good ones in here though, too. Uh, that was one when I, I, it like was a throwaway on the documentary because the documentary was made before Donald Trump was president. So when I saw it, like they talk about it, like, oh yeah, they sold it to Donald Trump. But then like you, you, you hear it today and you're like, oh, they, oh. they, re- okay. Whoa. They financed the president of the United States. As we've covered too, with a lot of the, uh, um, they may have killed one. Well, there's that, too. Oh, sorry. I was going to say. Oh, never mind. I don't want to know. Right Ginger, now. Ginger News Network is on that one, too. We'll, <laughs> we'll have a report out soon enough. That's one of those things where you would sit there and you'd say, I can't believe Trump was associated with such uh, uh, scrupulous characters. And then you sit there and you go through every other president in history. And you're like, oh, shit, there's yeah. a pattern. Um, <laughs> How did Sinatra help Kennedy? That's <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had to make a Jersey reference. Oh, it's uh, oh, there's another one coming, buddy. All right. Because uh, good old Sal Testa, like you said, good looking guy here. Um He's now becoming known as the crown prince of the Philadelphia mob. Okay, he's good looking, like we said, revenge storyline that got accomplished. He went out there, he got it done, he avenged his father's death. Uh, and he's got the right bloodline, too, because his father was a fucking legend in Philly, the chicken man, for Christ's sake. The press writes about him in a combination of these like weird fawning ways. And they're almost like... Uh, they they're almost covering. Yeah, it's like a, a weird... Um, uh, you'll have those montage moments when it's just like, the kid does it again, and the newspaper article hits the thing or something like that. So, <laughs> Big time Philly gangster has another hit on his hands. I picture almost <laughs> like the back-in-business montage from uh, Dick Tracy is kind of what I was thinking of. <laughs> um, but the press writes about him beautifully, like you said, dude. And uh, he is now um, gets promoted to the rank of capo under uh, his godfather, little Nicky, who's still running the show here. Um, this Philly mob war is going on. Like we said, at least 20 people we know about wind up dead from this thing. Uh, with his combined, uh, this is a weird thing here because he's going to, there's two things that kind of set him off on this weird path. So you got good old, um, like we said, Sal, and he's engaged to Frank, Mer- oh, sorry, Chucky Merlino's daughter. daughter. Right. Okay. Uh, he winds up breaking off that engagement. Any particular reason? They do not say, and it's one of those things too where you can't really find too, too much on the, the personal stuff because all the research at this point is coming from Either the uh, people it happened to. Or... Yeah. So that's why uh, Davey's playing off well for me here today, because um, he's actually giving us, like we said, a little bit more feedback where all I'm doing is I'm able to pull up news articles from when it happened. See, because that's the it's the only place that I'm getting confused with is literally just like the order of like who committed what, who got taken out by who. Right. And then who got then taken out because of said taking out well, in, in a weird thing. So like. To to quickly do like a brief thing. So Phil uh, Chicken Man dies. He's so killed we'll by all the way at the beginning, all the way. Because this is good because we needed to do this anyway. There's a ton of info here. It gets hard to understand. So Chicken Man is killed by Don't two. Don't start with Chicken Man. 
But like the only reason I'd skip Angelo is because it's he's easy to understand. Okay. It's like that era, okay, there was peacetime, he gets offed, and then Chicken Man takes over. Only called Chicken Man because he was in the poultry business. <laughs> and then Chicken Man gets taken out by a fucking nail bomb. Why yep. not? Dirty bomb. And uh, his son ends up taking out the two gents who did it. And right. the two gents being... Uh, we had uh, Narducci and uh, Marinucci. So it gets... Narducci again, and Marinucci. A lot of vowels. A lot of vowels Okay. Here. And now Little Nicky is his godfather. Yeah. So Little Nicky is Sal's godfather. Okay. And he is... Pretty much, uh, he, little Nicky's in charge right now. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, Sal Testa is starting to get a little bit, you know, uh, not too big for his britches. But He's there's clearly noticed. there's an ascension thing here. It's like, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're seeing uh, a star emerging on a team as uh, the other, you know, another one of the players is starting to age out. It's kind of a Shaq Kobe thing, maybe. Oh, okay. I would call it. So, so it's starting to get jealous. Um, yeah, so he's the capo under uh, Little Nicky, and then he, he breaks off the engagement with uh, Merlino's daughter. And by the way, Merlino, if you couldn't remember, again, it, it is tough to keep track here, Cahoons, you're accurate. Um, Merlino's the underboss. So if you're of a capo, underboss he, he's of the underboss to Little Nicky. He's oh, the vice president. Second okay. In yeah, he's yeah. So he, okay, so to his godfather's underboss. Vice Don. Okay, right. cool. So now when one of the capos, who's definitely a big swinging dick, but he's not as high ranking as an underboss, shames the daughter of the underboss by breaking off an engagement, Merlino wants this guy fucking dead. Well, the, uh, well there's also other Some sides speculation. to that story. Keep going. So there's, sides that, there's, there, there's a side that she was a pain in his, his ass, like that, that Salvi, you know, was who he was, but like she would always bust his balls was what I – I heard. Uh, well, not I heard, but like you have the you have, you know, the two different, different sides. Yeah. So oh, there's that. There, also, the other thing, too, is that um, little Nicky is starting to feel, again, his paranoia that has fueled his entire crime career at this point. Uh, a lot of a little bit too much good press coverage here for Sal Testa. Everyone seems to love Sal. Why doesn't everybody love me? What's going on? Is Sal coming for me? Is that the yeah, thing? Yeah, he was. Uh, Scarfo was very paranoid at this point. Uh, there's something I don't know if you listen to him at all, but there's a, a guy named Phil Leonetti who wrote a book um, called Mafia Prince, uh, and it goes through the whole history of the Philadelphia mob. But in it, he he's Scarfo's nephew, like, mm -hmm. and he's probably Scarfo's closest. The closest person to Scarfo is Phil Le Leonetti, and um, he like he grew up loving him, and then the older he got, the more he so he finally understood. And I'll I'll, I'll tell you when you get to it but there's a certain point where phil leonetti who grew up as scarfo idolizing scarfo it hits him where he's like oh this fucking guy's a psycho like this guy has no <laughs> and then but then you know the typical mob story like something bad happens and then that's when they start figuring out that it's not what it what it what it may have been and again it's a confusing story but don't worry guys we're going to do a recap after we land this plane we're almost on our way out of here i promise you um well, it makes this whole little Nicky thing. He's now fearful of the overthrow, and he uses the excuse of Merlino's daughter and the engagement being broken off. That, well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to we're going to green light taking care of this because I want, I'm a paranoid guy. I want to solve my problems. That's little Nicky's mindset here. How fucking deep does this go? Because you click on one and you start to just descend into the rabbit yeah. hole that is the Philadelphia mob. And any, that's the thing is like any sort of thing. Like I grew up in the '90s, and the Merlino family is the one that I grew up with. Like that's the one I knew of. So yeah, it's 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 just wild. It, but it, the craziest part is it went from Bruno holding it for twenty years to then, you know, it just, just it kept getting chopped up. This is nutty. And Literally, strength, in we, we also have to be careful towards the end here because a lot of the people um, they might have maybe they passed down 
their positions to other people, that there's still active stuff going on. So we're going to be careful. This is all info you can find on Wikipedia, folks. I'm not giving out any info that's not readily available <laughs> yeah. to the general public. This is just how it happened, like yeah. at least according to not Mafia Wikipedia. <laughs> right. So little Nikki now, um, they, they go ahead, they, they decide they're going to have to make a move here. And on September 14th, 1984, the body of Salvatore Testa, the son of the chicken man, is found shot to death in, you guessed it, no. Gloucester, New Jersey. All right. So New Jersey, unfortunately, so, the center of the universe. And that's the that was the hit that sent Philly and Nettie, who was Scarfo's, I, I don't want to say underboss. He may have been his conciliary. I don't want to be quoted. But uh, that was the moment he was like, oh, shit, like this isn't. Sally was one of his best friends. Damn. Um, but he didn't. He wasn't the hit. He wasn't the guy who did the hit. That was a whole different person. And I, I can't remember his name, but it was based around Salvatore Testa's best friend. That yeah. was the person who set it up. Because th- this betrayal, too, mm-hmm. of Testa by little Nikki. So Sal, again, the, the crown prince of the Philadelphia mob, the rising star, gets taken out by little Nikki. This is going to lead to a stain on little Nikki's reputation. And, and that's hard to do when you're a <laughs> giant piece of shit. Yeah, when, when you're summed up as psycho yeah. in one word, that, I mean, the, the fact that that's your bad part, like that's the worst thing you did was kill another person who <laughs> loved killing people. Not just that. You killed your own godson. Yeah. All right. You, you allowed the hit to go down on your own godson. Now, also, this is going to lead to – and within your own organization too, mind you. So this actually leads to a distrust on him. So I would actually make another Game of Thrones comparison here to how um, the, the Red Wedding uh, stained the, uh, the, the Frey household. That mm-hmm. nobody trusted those motherfuckers anymore because like, listen, you, you murdered everybody at a wedding feast. Like how could we even – no one's going to deal with you. You guys are dishonorable people. Yeah, like we're Irish. We fight at weddings, but we don't murder <laughs> you at weddings. Here's the best part about me is that growing up I was uh, – uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Irish by blood. Uh, and I, I definitely have Irish family that I've been adopted into uh, mm-hmm. on my dad's side. But then there's the Armenian side uh, on my mom's side. So they are – they got that whole Mediterranean. There's a little mix of the Sicilian Italian. So yeah. they're like – there's some wild – there's always a guy You just pissed with, somebody off by saying it that way too. Um, that's <laughs> well, that's the thing. You can't really describe what the Armenians it. are. They, uh, they live by, near the Caucasus Mountains. They are the Caucasus Asians. They really ah. are. It's weird. That's a true thing. Wow. <laughs> But uh, to try to land this plane here, you motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> and thank you to the Kahuna for giving us a little bit extra time here. Dude, I'm sorry about uh, that. It, it happens in this show, and I'm not mad because it's an interesting topic. So please, it's okay. Keep going. Well, uh, this betrayal, like we said, that's going to actually spell the beginning of the end for little Nicky. So Chucky Merlino, he would go ahead and develop a drinking problem and caught the ire of a local outlaw motorcycle club. This combined with his, by the way, the motorcycle club story, in short, as I read it, was that um, he got into a, some sort of a yelling match with them. Uh, I think it was the Pagan motorcycle. No? You know which one it no, was? No, no, no. I'm shaking my head. Like, uh, I'm not touching that one. Okay. Yeah. But apparently, um, so what uh, Merlino did is that he went ahead and took his car and ran over one of the bikers. And then the bikers responded by going to every listed address that Merlino had and shooting up the, the houses. Unfortunately, Merlino was never there. His mother was there. His mother was never hit with any, but all, there's bullet holes all over. So now you got this motorcycle gang catching your attention. You're a drunk. You're associated with a decision that made little Nicky, you know, look absolutely terrible. He's kind of scapegoat you a little bit. Little Nicky winds up casting him out, if you will. And so, you know, that's how bad you are when even little Nicky goes, I can't work with this fucking guy. Um, Merlino was cut off by the mob and picked up by the feds for racketeering. He died in prison in 2012. Uh, four years before his projected release date. He would have been released wow. in 2016. So 
Now, as for little Nikki, this is like the part at the end of Godfather or Goodfellas where it's like the the song, um, dun, 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 dun. It just goes through like the characters when they're getting arrested and <laughs> the oh, yeah. time they sent. That's where <laughs> we're at. Uh, also, Goodfellas is just like Top Gun for me, where as soon as Goose dies um, in Top Gun, I turn it off. It's the same way as soon as Pesci dies in uh, Goodfellas. I'm like, all right, so we saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like, I absolutely love the 50s side of it. And then when it starts, like the, the more it gets into the years, oh, I'm like, it gets uh, depressing. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how this ending's going to be a little bit depressing, guys. <laughs> I hate to tell you. Uh, little Nicky has a, a top hitman by the name of uh, Nick Caramandi, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Nicky the Crow. And uh, they send Nikki the Crow in for a shakedown of a land developer. And the land developer freaks out and he goes uh, – he reaches out to the FBI. And he goes, hey, man, the the Philly mob under Nikki Scarvo is trying to like come after my shit here. So what they do is that they take an FBI agent and put him in there. So the second time that Nikki the Crow comes in to shake down this land developer, he actually does the shakedown unknowingly in front of an FBI agent. Okay, So the FBI is listening in on this. And he now fears for his life because he finds out little Nikki's furious with him. He goes, I can't believe this fucking Nikki the Crow just got us in trouble with the fucking FBI. Can you believe this shit? And Nikki the Crow is sitting there saying, well, little Nikki uh, killed his own godson <laughs> for breaking off an engagement. What the fuck is he going to do to me? Yeah. So he turns state's evidence or as written on the mafia uh, Wikipedias who are very mm. much fans of the mafia. He goes, he turned stool pigeon. <laughs> 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 the thing about those Wikipedias, too, is I don't know if they're repeating a podcast or if a podcast repeats them. Because it's like word for word on certain ah, things. the chicken and the egg. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> I, it, it's tough to determine with some of this stuff. That's why I'm so happy you're here, buddy, because you can give uh, some real facts for us, too. And, and check me when I, I have uh, bad info. But it was very difficult to find one because I also remember back in the days of the Angel Fire websites or whatever it was mm-hmm. where I remember reading about William Wallace because Braveheart's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I'm reading about it. And according to one Angel Fire thing, like, actually, he killed Longshanks and then became king of England and Scotland. And that's why Scotland's still free. And I was like, that – but hang on. I, he died in the movie. Though. Yeah, the movie. Is the movie wrong or is yeah. this Angel Fire website wrong? <laughs> um, <laughs> but like we said, Merlino is uh, – he's – you know, gonna, he's in prison at this point. He's, you know, the, the guy is, uh, uh, his life's on its way out. Nikki the Crow decides he's going to turn state's evidence and work with the government and testify against little Nikki in order to go ahead and, uh, you know, try to save his own ass, if you will. Like we said, the, the kid killed his fucking godson. What the hell are you going to, you know, do if you're just his top hitman? <laughs> so, by the way, Nikki the Crow cooperated and testifies against little Nikki and the Philly mob. Nikki is currently in witness protection due to his testimony against little Nikki. Nikki the Crow, in witness protection, also legitimately killed a lot of people and just got away yeah. with it. He got the uh, the same with the bull treatment. Yeah, we, we know what you did was really bad, but mm-hmm. what these guys did, they made you do it. So, like, why? Well, that's how important it was for them to get to little Nikki. That's, like, a huge thing. That, yeah. it, it's, it can't be understated enough. Now, uh, little Nikki's going to go away to jail. And uh, it's, it's very sad. I won't uh, go into the details about his son. It's a little depressing. If you want to do the research, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, it is a comedy show at times. It's a history show that's funny. That's what we like to try to do over here. Um, <laughs> but little Nicky's going to go away to jail, and uh, unfortunately, he dies uh, in prison. In I mean, this is an old school gangster. What what year do you think he died, Cahoons? Ninety seven, ninety eight, twenty seventeen. What? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And he was still so so hated to this day that nobody uh, went to his funeral. Like, he, like, well, not nobody. I, it was a very not like there, there wasn't that See, many people. I'll tell you what, that's a good t- a thing to compare then because uh, Sal Testa, mm. when he died, when the chicken man's son died, it was a massive funeral. 
and he was actually interred with his uh, his mother and his uh, his father in their family plot. Uh, which creepily enough, in order to find out when Althea Testa died, the chicken man's wife, I actually wound up going on to her grave marker website that it's the find a grave thing. That's how. Which cemetery do you remember? Uh, I believe it's in it's in Pennsylvania. I know that much. Um, I don't know it off the top uh, of my head. St. Peter and Paul. It, I'll tell you, it might be because I'll tell you what. When I wound up on that website doing research for a comedy show, I said I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's that one, um, <laughs> there's like one main cemetery outside of Philly, and it's like, well, my family's there too. Oh, and they're like, yeah, 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 there's two. What it is, what it is. But Eventually, yeah. you do get mixed in with them, huh? Um. <laughs> <laughs> we all get put in the same ground at the end of the day. That's true. It's uh. Now, Scarpo, uh, Scarpo, I should say, little Nicky. We'll just keep it accurate for the listeners at home. And here. not Lil Nicky. He didn't have a rap career. He's just, a, he had hits. Lil Nicky. <laughs> but, oh, come uh, on, man. Uh, it's three for three. <laughs> <laughs> you violated the Kahuna's strike policy. Um, but he uh, Don't actually, watch Ginger News Network, then. <laughs> <laughs> I will. It's a, it's a bunch of swings be, and misses. This is going to be great. <laughs> he dies in prison in 2017. Little Nicky's uh, dead. The former lord of the underworld had crossed too many people, and their distrust of him led to this dog-eat-dog mentality. All right? Now, where Angelo Bruno had been gentle, Nicky had been borderline sadistic. Where the chicken man had been traditional, Nicky had been rebellious and overly ambitious. When Sal Testa had been promising, Nicky had been threatened. Okay? It's tough to cover so much mob history in just one episode, uh, but how do you sum up the rise and fall of such legendary figures in the Philly La Cosa Nostra succinctly? You can't and you don't, but if you have to, you can just say, well, they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night and they blew up his house too. <laughs> Down on the boardwalk, they're getting ready for a fight. Going to see what them racket boys can do. So uh, I want to real quickly, because we are wrapping this bad boy up. Yeah. We're going to go to a casting couch. You got four motherfuckers here, Cahoon. So start getting your thoughts together on that one. I know you always do it during the show anyway, but we're going to throw to you in a second. Davey, anything else you want to say on the way out, buddy? Uh, you were great. This was awesome. Oh, no, uh, no. I just want to say thank you uh, for having me on. Um, no, I just I hope whenever I rep, try to represent Philly, I want it to be represented in a, in a good light. I know I'm here in Jersey and we could talk shit all we want, but um, one, one of the things I love most about that city is it's like you tell us fuck you and we say thank you. Like it's it's the great. It's there's no other city like that. New York is too big to even worry about shit like that because it gets talked about so much. Um, like when our gentleman who bought a bar, uh, said bad things happen in Philly, we, we were like, yeah, they do. And that's the <laughs> thing is, uh, you could talk, we could all talk shit, but that Northeast mentality of like, no, 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 our, our suck is worse than your suck. It's never our better is better than yours. It's like, no, 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 we had it worse. So that's why we're better. And it's like, that's, that's Philly for you. <laughs> you know, the worse you had it, the better you off you are. And, um, yeah, like it, I'm, I'm happy to, to talk about it. Um, it's a good city. It's a fun. It's a fun town, and it has a great history. Not just in you know actual history, which this this podcast has delved into, but it has you know it, it has the dark side of it too. And it's less violent now to a degree, guys. Okay, so it's safer to go there. Go hang out. You know, there's some great people out there. Um, I'm actually curious because one of uh, my childhood friends, who's been a guest on the show, Chris Hollenbeck, he lives um, or for a while lived in the heart of Philly, and um, he lives outside of it now. So. I'm curious if he knows some of the places we were going to have talked about here. But you were a phenomenal guest, buddy. Uh, guys, check out Ginger News Network. It's a project, passion project, that my buddy Davey's been working on for a hot minute here. Yeah, yeah. Where and, can uh, we find it? Um, you, can find, uh, you can find it on Instagram at ginger.news.network. Um, you can also find it on YouTube at the Ginger News Network. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those. I don't have actual times and dates for it. 
but uh, I'm doing everything on my own. So learning how to do things on the fly and doing and actually producing content at the same time uh, proves a little harder than I thought it would. So it's an emerging project. Yeah, we're we're getting there. Just bear with me, and uh, you know, let me know what you think. Check us out, like and subscribe, and let me know what you think. Okay. Also, and if you haven't done that already for American Loser, it's at American Loser Podcast uh, over on Instagram. Check us out there. I'm at KP Burke Sucks over on Instagram. You guys can follow me. I do have more stand-up dates coming up. Very happy to promote, folks. Uh, this episode is going to come out here on Tuesday, Cahoon. So um, you can't come to my show with Mike Cannon tonight at Uncle Vinny's. However, folks, you can come see me March 11th, 12th, and 13th, opening for Jason Muse of Jay and Silent Bob over at Bananas in Hasbrook Heights. I think the Kahuna might take the ride out that night. Maybe he's thinking about it, but we're Shit, putting I the beer be pressure on. <laughs> Take the ride up, dude. Come on out and see it, man. Bananas is a great club over there. So. Be a nice reunion. It will be. <laughs> Jay's going to pretend he remembers me. Um, <laughs> so on our way out here, folks, the casting couch, all right? Uh, we're going to throw to Cooney here in a second. He's got four guys he's got to do. If you guys love this show, do me a favor. Leave us a written review if you can. It helps me out, all right? And thank you so much to the founding losers. You guys are the reason why I'm able to keep coming into the studio and showing off uh, you know, all the cool shit here to uh, my buddy Davey from Boot Camp. We've come a long, long <laughs> yeah. way from... Not being able to use the urinals because... Uh, yeah, from being a dumb redheaded bitch to being a dumber redheaded bitch uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> okay, Hoons, I'm going to start you off with Angelo Bruno for your okay. casting couch. This is the, the the gentle Don, guy who wore a lot of suits, pretty classy guy. Gentle Don? Mm-hmm. We're going to go with Chaz Pimenti. For, I, I'm butchering the last name, but if Chaz you've ever... Chaz Yeah, there you go. From Bronx Tales, where I know him from, which he also wrote and uh, starred in. Um, and a couple other things. He was also in Usual Suspects. I think he's a phenomenal actor. I think he could kill this So role. you went against Hollywood. I, I You went against Hollywood. <laughs> Harvey Keitel was Angelo Bruno in The Irishman. See, I saw those casting choices and I was like, I don't I don't want to be lazy. There I'll be honest with you. I have three out of four. I have three out of four, but I do have a fourth choice. But I do that I just d- passed away. That's the only thing. Okay. No, that's fine. But I think you'll like where I'm going with it. And then for um for Lil Nicky, I went with Ray Liotta. Oh, good, good paranoid here. Yeah, Liotta might be too handsome. That might be the only thing. He might be too yeah, big. Is, like he's like too the, tall. The, yeah, this is the movie. So Pacino, like, I would go what? back with Pacino to be honest with you. You, you would go with Pacino. Yeah, I would. I would say if Pacino honed in both of those hack. Guys, hack. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, he looks. They they have more of the same build. That's but right. I I I mean Liotta. Is no. I thought little Nicky could be played by Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> he hit me in the shovel with a f- hit me in the face he with a shovel. With a sh- he hit me in the face with a shovel, <laughs> and now I always talk like this. And then uh, I chose Michael Gandolfini as Salvatore Tesla. Ooh, okay. James Gandolfini's son. And if Ooh. and if. Gandolfini was still here. I think I would have cast him as Testa and made it a really cool movie where the father and son got to act together. That's an interesting. I I like the yeah, dynamic. There. I I really enjoy that. Yeah, I. That would have been a movie I would have liked to have seen because this is something that can't happen now. But I think that that would have been a really dope thing because I don't. This might know be who your I best would... casting. Yeah, this is actually always like... been good with him, but this one uh, you're hitting me in the feels, buddy. Like, the, and I and I. When, when we were talking about the Chaz, Chaz Palminteri, like, yeah, that's a perfect Bruno. He has the build. He has the the, the look and the sound. Uh, yeah. Because my thing was, is, all right, I know these guys. Well, Ray Liotta, obviously good fellas and all these other yeah. roles. But, like, I go for familiarity, mm-hmm. especially with this one. I was like, well, I, I knew Chaz from a Bronx tale where he already played a Don. Yeah. But, like, he in that movie, he never got to be the elderly Don. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. the character didn't really last that long <laughs> but it would have been great to see 
that type of role, and I think that it could. I, I'm actually kind of proud of my casting couch no, on this I, one. I, I would I, have enjoyed to see this movie. Uh, but yeah. That's my casting couch. I'm just happy you didn't say Jay Leno for Salvi. No, 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 no. That's why I said that I earlier. I was like, I was like, that's funny. But I would have no, walked out. I was, I was not doing that. I <laughs> just stormed off at the end of this episode <laughs> and, and like never been heard from again. <laughs> Unfortunately, folks, at the 90 minute mark here, uh, I think I've taken too much advantage of the Kahuna's good nature. Sorry, Ming. Apologies, man. But you know what? We'll, we'll. That's the benefit of getting to use the studio here. Thank you to my buddy Davey Bohannon for coming in on the show. Thank you to the big kahuna behind the ones and twos. Mike and Ming over to Shared Universe. You guys are the best. We appreciate you. And the listeners out there truly do make the show worth doing. Guys, in essence, we covered a big chunk of the Philadelphia mob wars, but that was Philip the Chicken Man Testa, American Loser. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born. American loser the day I was born